would like to, first of all, be very thankful for what we've already heard and been blessed to, to receive this morning. Um, powerful thoughts, and um, I'd like, I really, really would have liked you just to have continued to preach to us, Brother Mark, but I do have um, thoughts in my mind that I think are just very uh, similar, so I'm fearful, and ask you to be prayerful, um, I'll be prayerful, and maybe you should be fearful, I'm not sure. Um, Brother Mark's been telling us about to remember, to look to um, the fact that Jesus Christ is God. I mean, ultimately it comes down to He was God, is God. He is God. And that's a hard thing to wrap our, our finite minds around. You know, as we get older, we don't understand it more than the young. We just accept it, maybe. Um, we just like have to be rooted in it and just dig in and say, that's just a truth. I don't understand it. And I try to talk with the kids and and they about Jesus and God and Jesus is God. He he is God manifest in the flesh. He is the God that said let there be light. He's the God that when the spirit moved upon the face of the waters in Genesis at the very beginning before he even said let there be light, that was him. He was moving. John tells us at the beginning of his uh, his gospel account, that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. He goes on to say that nothing that is made was made without Him. Jesus made everything. Okay? And he, you don't find His name being called Jesus in the Old Testament. But that was Him. I mean, what manner of man was He? He's, before He was a man, He was God. He is God. God who made everything, God who by his power made the worlds, made everything. And, you know, it says in Hebrews that he upholds all things by the word of his power. The world is spinning today because Jesus Christ is holding that up. He's keeping it going. He's not disengaged from us today. He didn't just set things in motion and back up. And watch it. He is constantly involved in his creation. He is very interested in your day. And what's going on in your life. But he is the God that made everything. What amazing power that we've already heard. That he has to be able to control his creation. He is not along for the ride. He is steering the ship. He is in control. Now, this is an amazing thing to think about. Jesus is God, and yet, on my mind this morning was to realize that he came down from a place of that throne of power, that throne in heaven, where he rules over everything. Now, he didn't stop ruling. He showed it on earth that he still ruled his creation, but he came down. We just finished our um, season, our holiday season, where we really focused our attention on the birth of Jesus Christ. And we should never neglect that fact. If we let Christmas rem be removed from thinking about Jesus Christ, then all the criticisms about Christmas will be true. But if we can keep our mind focused on this is just another time not the time, but another 
blessed time where we can think about the fact that God was born on earth, then we can, it can give honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's a great thing. We can spend time with our children and we can tell them what it's about. Why we're celebrating right now. Jesus Christ was born. But let's not forget why he was born. You know, it's not just a birthday celebration. It doesn't, I don't know, does it bother anyone else when the people talk about like Jesus' birthday? I mean, I have birthdays for my kids. I don't, there's, there's no great purpose behind We're just so happy they're alive and we're going to celebrate the fact that God gave them to us. But Jesus' birth was not just another birth. It had great purpose. You know, God who is in heaven and, and rules in his glory on the throne, he didn't come down here just to see what, what it's like down here. He didn't lay aside his, well, I don't, he didn't lay aside his glory at all, but he didn't cover that up, veil it up, um, and walk here among men, among his creation, um, on a whim. He had a purpose, a reason, a, a extremely important to him reason to be born into this world, to willingly come and be born. Now, his birth was not like any of ours. You know, there's no one here who chose to be born. None of you did. But Jesus did. See, because it says that Jesus, it says about him in Philippians that he, being in the form of God, right, he was God, thought it not robber to be equal with God because it wasn't he is God. But he made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant. He took it upon himself. Now, I didn't take upon myself the form of, of the Mosley family. or you know, None of us took it upon ourselves to be born as we were, but Jesus took it upon himself. You know, it was God the Father that sent his son when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son. But let's never forget that his, Jesus Christ came willingly. He was born of his own will and his own choosing. Um, so when Jesus Christ came and chose to be born into this world, he had a great purpose. We celebrate, it's, and when I say we, I mean society, and we celebrate two big holidays about Jesus Christ. One is his birth, Christmas time, and one is his death and resurrection at Easter time. But do you know that, and I know you do know, that his birth at Christmas time is all about his death and burial and resurrection? This is a celebration ultimately of his death because he came to die. He came to die, but... Not just to die, he came to die for you. Um, in Hebrews, my, th my thoughts this morning were in Hebrews, and um, there's a particular reason that Jesus came that's like laced throughout the book, the letter to the Hebrews. Um, there's really two. Um, but it says in the um, first chapter of Hebrews, 
Maybe it's not the first chapter. Maybe we should go to the second chapter. For time, just jump into the second chapter. Um, where it talks about how we see Jesus. How we, see this, how we should see him right now. But how he was seen for a little while. And then how he should be seen now. He says this in verse 9 of chapter 2. But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels. Now that phrase, and those that are older, you've heard this a bunch, right? But not all of you have heard it, and not all of you have heard it a bunch, right? Um, this says, Jesus was made a little lower than the angels. That little lower is not talking about a level. Um, it's talking about a length of time. It really, the word means a little while lower. That Jesus, who was heaven's king, I mean the creator of all things, how far above the angels is he? Well, he created them. He is so far above them, he created them. You can't even measure how far above the angels Jesus is. It's eternally far. He is the self-existent God who needs nothing, and he created angels who depend on him. Do you think that they uphold themselves? No, he upholds all things by the word of his power. Angels are dependent on God. God is dependent on nothing. Jesus is not a little higher than the angels. He is eternally higher. Okay, But he was made a little lower than the angels. Not just a step below them, mind you. He was made like us. He came born like you. We're born. He came born of a woman just like you were born of a woman. He came in the likeness of sinful flesh. It says yet without sin, but he was made like us. How, how far are we below the angels? Are we just, do you consider yourself just a, a hair's breadth below the angels? No. My friends, the angels inhabit the very throne room of God. They, they sing um, day without end. About the glory of God, they worship him in perfection in his throne. And we are sinners of the dust of this earth. If we know ourselves, we know we are eternally lower than the angels by our nature. But Jesus, he didn't come just a little bit below the angels. He came all the way to where we are. All the way down to where to be like us. He came all the way below the angels, but he came that only for a little while. He had a purpose. He knew it, it wasn't ever going to be forever. It was going to be for a little while. Now it says, we see Jesus who was made for a little while lower than the angels. You know what that was means? That's past tense. It means that's not how we see him now. But for a little while, take a look. Just look at how he was. He was, for a little while, he was like us. And it tells us why he was made like us. It says he was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. We see Jesus who was a little, made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. But then he tells us how we really see him now. But we see Jesus crowned with glory and honor. That's how we need to see him. That's how he is right now. He is at the throne of God, seated there victorious. He came to do something, and he did it. He came for a purpose, and he fulfilled it. He did what he came to do. 
What he came to do is that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. And without getting into great detail on this, that's every man God gave him. He came to, he says that I came um, that I might give life. It says to as many as God has given me, I've given them eternal life. He came to die for every man he was given to die for. That was his purpose. That's why he came. That's why he was born. Now he was born to die for you. He says that's how we see him. That's how, that's how he was. That's why he was. He goes on to say, For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things. And that him is, is God, the Father. It became him um, in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. It was proper and right for God. It was necessary for God, the Father, to um, make Jesus Christ, our captain of salvation, com a complete and perfect sacrifice through suffering. Okay? A lot of detail in that I won't get into, but this was necessary for the redemption of you, for his people. Christ would go on to tell um, two of his disciples walking on the road after his resurrection ought not Christ to have suffered these things? Ought not? It was necessary. It was owed. It wasn't owed because of him. It was owed because of us. It was our debt that was owed, but he had to pay it. And he couldn't pay it without suffering. He couldn't pay our debts without going through the sufferings he had to go through. Um, and he couldn't suffer without coming into this world in the likeness of, of our of flesh, in, in a body. He couldn't suffer in heaven as God. And move on, and I'll get all wrapped up in this. Um, verse uh, 14 says, For as much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, that's you, just since you have a flesh and blood body, he says, um, he also himself likewise took part of the same. So since you have a body, he had a body. Why? That through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who were through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. In other words, you have a body. So Jesus Christ took a body like your body so that he could, so he could die the death you were supposed to die. Not just a bodily death, but an eternal death and separation from God. He took it. It was yours, but he took it because he took part of the same flesh and, and blood. Um, it says, verily he took not on him the nature of angels. Because angels didn't need redemption. Angels never fail. Okay, I'm just going to say that again. No angels ever fail. Okay, out of heaven. There, there's verses that will make people think that that's what it's talking about. But that's not what it's talking about. And it's not my sermon, so I'm not going to spend time on it. We can do that in side discussions. But anything God created in heaven is still there. 
Heaven is upheld by the word of his power, just like we all things are. But he didn't take on him the nature of angels. Well, he came all the way lower than the angels. He came like us. It says he took on him the seed of Abraham. There's a lot of important beauty in the fact that he took on the seed of Abraham, but primarily the purpose is because he... Verse 17 says, Wherefore, in all things it behooved him to be made like his brethren. Why? I've already said, because he, to die for you, which is to be the sacrifice. He came in a body to be the sacrifice. But that's not what this verse says. This verse says, Wherefore, it behooved him to be made like in his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest and things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of his people. And so many places I want to go in Hebrews, but I'm looking at the clock and I realize the time is running out, so I'm just going to just pull this all together. He came like you to be the sacrifice that you needed to die for you the death you should have died, to be the sacrifice, but he also came to like the seed of Abraham, to be the high priest you needed. Because there's no offering that was ever offered that offered itself. In the Old Testament and all the pictures that were given in the Old Testament law that were really just pictures of the coming of Jesus and what he would do, no sacrifice offered itself. Um, they were supposed to eat of the sacrifice. Did y'all know that? Like in the law service, it wasn't just a, what we might call a senseless killing. All the sacrifices had parts that were eaten. They fed the people. They fed the priest. Um, they didn't waste that. Those deaths had purpose, even naturally speaking. Um, but they weren't allowed to eat things that had died of themselves. Because sacrifices don't offer themselves. And yet, here comes one, Jesus Christ, who is the sacrifice. And what did he do? He offered himself to God. But he did so because he also was our high priest. Now, the high priest was not ordained a high priest for his own glory. It, would, it will go on to say that as you read through Hebrews, since I'm not, you'll see that no man taketh this honor upon himself. This is not something that was given them. They weren't kings. They had rule over the people. They were supposed to listen to the priests, but they weren't their rulers. They weren't their kings. They were their servants. It'll go on to say in um, one place I do want uh, y'all to see this, verse, chapter 5, verse 1, for every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men. You see that? The high priest, they didn't come from some other place. They came from among the people. I mean, you might say, no, they were all Levites. Yeah, but who was Levi? Levi was just one of the brothers. He wasn't even the firstborn brother. What was special about Levi? Nothing. God just chose Levi. You know? Um, God chose Levi to be his high priest lineage. But Levi himself, he wasn't, he wasn't the firstborn. 
He wasn't Joseph, the most loved. He was one of the brothers that put Joseph in a pit. He wasn't that good. Yep. But God chose him to be his high priest. He, the high priests were taken from among the men. You know, your pre, the preachers today, that's, that's how it's done. I mean, we're not special. We're not. But why we're, we're, we're maybe specially needy. Um, I mean, the ministry comes out from among the people because we're, we're right for you. You know, it, they brought the priest out to be servants to the people. Um, every high priest is taken from among men as ordained for men. And the same with the ministry today. Jesus Christ is our high priest. And he came in the likeness of sinful flesh. He came like his brethren, but he was ordained a priest. He came from among his brethren to be the priest for his brethren. Um, it says that um, he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. That's why Jesus Christ was born. Not just to be the sacrifice, but to offer the sacrifice. That, and it was for you. The sacrifice was to God, but for you. Okay. He says, verse 2, who can, who, this, who cannot, it's not a question of who can do this. It's a high priest taken from among men can do this. A high priest taken from some uh, elite status cannot do this. But a high priest taken right from among the people can do this. And that is, who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way, for that he himself also is compassed with infirmity. Now, speaking about the Old Testament high priest, the regular men, you know, Levite high priest or your ministry today, who are, we're sinners, we're compassed with infirmities every day, no matter where we are. You know, when I wake up in the morning, I am compassed with infirmities. I always am surrounded by, you know why? Because I carry it with me. I have my own. I am a sinner, and every high priest taken from among men is a sinner. And they themselves needed to offer sacrifices for themselves because they are sinners. They're compassed with infirmities. How dare they ever look down on the ones that they taught, that they served? Oh, and yet, but they did. Um, there was a blind man who Jesus healed, and when the Pharisees were sitting there talking to them, to him about Jesus, and they said, um, Give glory to God, for we know this man is a sinner. They called Jesus a sinner. They said, we know he is. Well, they're wrong. They don't know very much. But this man that was blind, he knew something else. He said, here's a marvelous thing. So you don't know where he, from whence he is, and yet he has opened my eyes to see. And it's never been done since the beginning of the world that someone opened the eyes of one that's born blind. And those Pharisees said, you were all together born in sin, and you teach us? I'll be like, I, I just want to say when I read that, y'all were all together born in sin. Those, those priests were compassed with infirmities every day, no matter where they were. Okay, but Jesus Christ was not when he was alone on the mountaintop, compassed with infirmities. He didn't have infirmities. He didn't have sin, but yet he chose to always be compassed with infirmities. Ours. He was a man of sorrows, 
and acquainted with griefs. He's well acquainted with your griefs. He's compassed with infirmities. And he can have compassion on them that are ignorant and out of the way. That's us. When we're out of the way, he has compassion. And he's our high priest. Um, it goes on to say, um, well, I'll just close with this, because Brother Mark was talking to us about the manner of man, that the power and the love and the, all the attributes of God that Jesus Christ has. And I'm trying to show you that, but he chose to come and be like you so he can be the high priest you need to offer the sacrifice to God for you, but also to give compassion to you right now. That means all of that manner that he has, he, he lovingly has for you. He gives it in your behalf. He watches over you right now from his throne that he sits on. He's, he is sitting there for you, and he's watching over you. Um, so Brother Mark then said, what manner of... Um, Man, should we be seeing that? And there's a verse that I can't find that I want to close with. It's seeing then that we have such a, a high priest. Uh, it's in chapter 4 of Hebrews. See, verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, then what should we do? It says, let us hold fast our profession." For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He's compassed with them. It's not that he sometimes is touched. When it says we have not a high priest that cannot be touched, that's that double negative in there. It means your high priest cannot but be touched. He is always touched with the feelings of your infirmities. He's never absent. On that ship, that Brother Mark was telling us in Matthew chapter 8, if you go read the same, um, the same um, instance of life through the account of Mark, chapter 4, I think, the words sting. The, the words of the disciple, when they go and they wake up Jesus, who it says in that account, in Mark's account, um, that he was asleep on a pillow. I love what Brother Mark was saying that that he was, he had the liberty to sleep. He was, he was not like um, Anderson yesterday in our long day of, uh, you know, Anderson fell asleep in the middle of opening his presence. He did not mean to do that. <laughs> he was just so tired that right before his probably best present he was going to get all day, he was asleep. Jesus didn't fall asleep because he was tired. He grabbed a pillow Fluffed it up, if you'll let me have a little elaborate. He purposefully went to sleep because he had the liberty to, because he was at rest. He wasn't concerned with the situation. He said, let us go to the other side, and they were going. Was there any chance they weren't going to get to the other side? No, they were going to get there. But when the storm came and they went, and in Matthew, Brother Mark read to us, it said, save us, we perish. But in Mark, Mark records that the disciples said, Master, carest thou not that we perish? That stings. Sometimes I've had, I've had my own children. They're like, you don't care to me? Like, you don't know how much I care. When I say no, it's not because I don't care. 
It's, I, it's because I do care. And should we ever look to God and, or to Jesus, our high priest, and say, carest thou not? Dude, don't you care? Yes, he cares. He cares so much that he came down to be born to die for you. He, came, he cares so much that he came down to be your high priest to offer for you. And he cares so much that he's seated at the right hand of God right now making intercession for you. He cares. He cares and he is always there watching over you. And I'll just thank you for your time this morning. Close with that. In front of the pulpit, no Bible. <laughs> I so appreciate um, the message this morning. So much in the Word of God that tells us how we are and how we ought to be is informed by who He is. So much of how we ought to act. And let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Right? Perfect example. And in studying what the Word of God and the Gospel of Jesus Christ it is not just to acquaint yourselves and become better acquainted with who He is so that you could follow Him better. I mean, we are who we are because He is who He is. I mean, that's, that's not a knowledge-based thing. It's not that we, you know, try to emulate Him and we want to be more like Him. He was made like unto us. And then in that act of being made like us, He transformed us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. And that's what counts. Right? That's what's going to count forever. Is can God look at you through the blood of Jesus Christ and see righteousness? And the answer is not just yes, I think so. Yes, I know so, because He already has and He is. Right? The wind and the wave still know. God still knows, and by His grace and His mercy, we know this morning. So, if you'd like to join the church, you'll have that opportunity. We'll stand and sing. Have a number? 172. Number 172. We'll stand and sing. Give one another the right hand of fellowship. And also express your encouragement to Brother Mom. 172. Today. Oh, Jesus, my Savior, I know that art
Let's go make a change.